From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to episode 265, where we are exploring the human struggle, the human condition that suffering is inevitable and how do we bear this suffering and we are talking about a story of sisyphus the myth of sisyphus and i'm pretty sure you've heard of this myth and the image of this tough manly godlike figure pushing this boulder up a mountain and then it rolling back down and then the figure grabbing that boulder and pushing it back up for eternity. And there's something inspirational about this. There's something more, there's deep meaning behind this myth. And I want to explore that today. I mean, as soon as I started to look into this myth, so much unraveled and I kept writing and writing and writing. And I mean, there's so much here to study, but we have to look at art in general because we are drawn to art where we are invested in the journey with the character. Like you're watching a movie and the character is moving forth into the world. Things, problems are presenting itself to the character and they have to manage and push through, persevere through that. And part of us, when, when I per, in particular watch a movie... I'm on the edge of my seat because I'm I'm on this ride with the character to see if they manage to formulate a path through and overcome the boundaries that they are presented. And so I mean that's the I think the backbone or the spirit of story in general. I mean we go to plays to see this or operas or we go to the movie theater to connect. We have to connect in some way to this person on the screen. And, you know, in my previous podcast, uh, episode 260, I talk about why this is currently lacking in many of the movies today is when the character is on screen, like in Marvel movies, they have everything given to them and there's no vulnerability, there's no struggle or difficulty, and it's very uneasy to watch and nobody's paying money to go and see these movies. That's why they're losing so much money these days, Disney in particular. And so we connect to that. We, we like, I always tell Maggie, you know, I need a reason to care about the movie that I'm watching. Give me a reason. I mean, look at Logan. I mean, they give you every single reason to care about that movie. I mean, there's this old washed up superhero who doesn't have much going for himself, but he's taking on the burden of the father figure. I mean, uh, Xavier, he's a crippled, um, uh, weather withered up, uh, delusional old man. And we can relate because we always have to, I mean, at some point in our lives, we will take care of an elder, right? We will take care of somebody that we care about. And so we, we already connect to that story. He's struggling. He's battling with this, um, with this father-like figure, And he's suffering from dementia. I guess you can call it, you know, he's, he, he's, he has no control 
over his faculties and and then a daughter like a daughter like figure appears right and he has to take care of this little girl and you care about this because we all have children to some degree even if you don't have children somebody in your family does and we care about the children and then the, ch the child is being chased so you get the idea you you invested in it because they relate to you in some way and so when i looked at the sisyphus story i was like this is so interesting because it relates to the human struggle because well let's look at the story first sisyphus was punished by hades for his cruel deeds by he, he cheated his fate i think he cheated death a, a few times and then he was sentenced to this punishment of well essentially he's he's sent to the underworld right you know many of these stories of the 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 main protagonist being sent into the depths um willingly or unwillingly and they have to sort themselves out in the depths and so he is pretty much sent to the underworld he's sent to this punishment where he has to push this boulder up a hill and it's such an unusual punishment by the way pushing a boulder up a hill but the boulder is manipulated so that you can't get it to the top but it, as soon as it gets to the top it rolls back down and then he has to do it again and that is for eternity and so that's a what it seems like a very cruel punishment and well that's the fate of sisyphus and there's not much to tell but is there that's the question no we have to rewind and go back to why what Sisyphus was like before his punishment. Like he got punished for a reason and it's ambiguous, but he, he, it says that he was cruel. And so we have to understand really what, un, well, unpack what cruel is. So let's unpack this ambiguous text. And he did cheat fate multiple times. So he is sly. He's like a snake, right? He's bending reality. He's, he's bending the reality for his needs and desires. So let's look more into that, right? That, that's the typical sly, cruel person. And one must live with their self-image as being the highest ideal to inhabit the world in such a way in this cruel way because someone who is cruel they 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 manipulate the world because well to fit with their expectations desires and so sisyphus well he's worshiping the finite he's worship worshiping his image rather than the transcendent good Right? He's worshiping the finite rather than the infinite. And so one feeds and one worships their image by gratifying the drives within oneself. The sexual urges, you know, the fame, the attention, the materialism. And Sisyphus is then moved from this self gratifying limited state to a hard labor separated from all that which he values 
He used to value all of these things. And to separate yourself from your image, to separate yourself from getting everything that you you could want, just like my old self in my 20s, just bending the world just so I can I can be satisfied, but it's very hollow. It's a very hollow pursuit. There's something beyond that. And that's what I was finding in my recovery from anxiety. I had to separate myself from this old identity into this potential identity of just being independent from these tyrannical forces within me, these little deities that were taking control. Like I, if I didn't meet a particular desire, I would get angry, I would get frustrated, I would feel a sense of lacking and fall into anxiety and depression. And so we see here that Sisyphus is now separated from from this identity. He has no choice but to accept his new fate, right? And he also moves from a state of having unlimited goals in this desires, hedonistic lifestyle, because he has all these goals. He's just pursuing one desire after another, but he's moving from all of these hollow goals, by the way, to one single goal, which is to push a boulder up a hill, and then it's rolling back down and to repeat this process. And the single goal of this process is always out of reach, right? Because he can't get the boulder up the hill. It's always rolling back down. And that's so interesting. If if a goal is always out of reach, is it worth pursuing? And that's a great question. And that's Kaizen. I think it's the Chinese word for constant, never-ending improvement. And that's my aim in in my life is there's this goal of pursuing truth, pursuing knowledge and wisdom, but that's constantly. Even when you're 100 years old, you're still pushing boundaries. That's the idea. And so why not always have a goal that's always out of your reach? And so... This single goal being out of reach, it means consistent pursuit rather than his previous state of obtaining. Because that's his other state, right? If you have a desirous impulse and you go seek sex, you obtain it and it feels good for a moment, but then there's this sense of lacking and then, well, you have to go and pursue it again. And another way to recognize poor habits, poor goals, is if the goal is producing more negative outcome than it is positive. And that's how I unpacked uh, my previous goals of pornography and, you know, smoking weed, for example, I had to sit with myself and ask that question. How do I know this isn't a really useful goal? Well, I don't feel satisfied. I had to be real and truthful with myself. Um, there's more negatives than positives. Then there was this feeling, this voice that's saying, yeah, it's it's not worthwhile to continue this pursuit. Viktor Frankl, um, who I greatly admire, he observed in the concentration camps that it is 
your perception of the suffering that creates your reality. Let me repeat that. It is your perception of the suffering that creates your reality. Could there be meaning in this? Could there be meaning? So when prisoners looked at external means for that hope of surviving those concentration camps, I mean, they were later disappointed because there was one point where Victor observed that a lot of the prisoners thought that they would be released by Christmas. And then when Christmas came, came around and they weren't released, many, many of them lost hope and they perished. They died just from the hopelessness of it. But he, he understood, Victor Frankl understood that those who viewed this experience in the camps uh, as a test to one's morals and strength, they survived more than the people who clung to materialism, even clung to family or, or friends. It's, it's the struggle within your own heart. How can you view this suffering as a benefit to you? And that's, that's very interesting. So you don't know who you are until you see yourself faced with extreme difficulty. You don't. You don't. And those that take it on voluntarily, they view that struggle as a test from God. And they find a way through that. They understand that there's some sort of growth of one's character embedded within the struggle. And this self-exploration occurs when you are separated from that comfort zone. So for Sisyphus, because he was separated from comfort, his fight or flight must have immediately set off questions to himself. Well, one is, how am I going to solve this problem or deal with it? And can I persevere? Because the quitting mindset does present itself. And then the more you wrestle with the difficulty, these solutions to these questions will eventually become known and realized. But you have to actually move forth into the suffering to find the answers to these questions. So would you say this is truly a punishment for Sisyphus? And in a sense, it is. Like you can say, well, yes, the Holocaust is definitely a punishment. It is cruel. It's sadistic. And it is all of those things. But when you look into the eyes of someone or when you read about someone who persevered, like Yeonmi Parks, who escaped North Korea, and you read about her story, it is unbelievably tragic it's horrifying it's unbelievable but when you look at her character now the strength within her and her perception of what she went through it is truly truly inspirational it's remarkable but that's to say that your perception can be shifted to a challenge mindset that 
within this struggle, strength can be acquired within me, my mind and body. And, you know, Sisyphus, he does have a continuous goal. Let's go back to that for a moment. He does have this goal. And that's interesting because before he had an unlimited amount of things on his horizon. And that's my state when I was in my 20s. I could be anything or like that's Peter Pan. I can be anything in the world. Um, but if his only reference is Captain Hook, it, it makes sense that where he's like, well, I don't want to be a, a grown up tyrant. I want to stay young and be the king of everything. But being the king of everything is problematic because well, you can't, and you're going to, as time progresses, you will be more afraid of time in that sense, because as you get older and your mortality becomes more and more known, your mindset to grapple the reality, it will be soft, and the reality of it is the fear pertaining to death, decay, suffering will grow and grow and become ever more of a tyrant within your soul. And that's interesting. So it's facing truth. It's facing reality. It's the Siddhartha story, the Buddha story. Facing reality is what's curative, continual growth into the unknown. And so Albert Camus, he wrote a book called The Myth of Sisyphus. And Camus imagined Sisyphus smiling while pushing the boulder uphill embracing his situation without thinking of the past or the future, the acceptance of reality that we must bear a load in order to be happy, in order to find meaning. We are, like Jordan Peterson would say, we are sled dogs. We need something to pull in our lives. If there's no pull, if there's no responsibility, then there's not much meaning there. I mean, there is meaning, and it's our perceptions of the load is what's going to carry us through life's challenges. And then David Goggins, because we have to talk about him, because if you don't know who he is, I mean, he's he's a remarkable individual. He understands that there is no end to the grind. He understands that if you neglect difficulty every day, the mind and body gets soft. And so we have to, well, we have to further look into this question, why grind it out every single day? Because he's a man who goes and faces challenges seven days a week. He runs at least 12 miles a day. He then goes to the gym and he, he runs all these unbelievable long ultra marathons. I mean, 200 plus mile marathons or ultra marathons, which are unbelievably difficult to say the least. But so why, why grind it out every day? Because the mind and body will get soft if you avoid challenge. And then, like I said earlier, the fear of the challenge and of life's difficulty, that will grow. It will grow in size. There's no denying that. And he understands that because he's been through so much, been through so much of life's reality growing up. 
and he started from square one hundreds of times in his life. He understands that you have to pick yourself up through really difficult times and still face the music no matter what. And Goggins fears not manifesting his potential more than the pursuit of the suffering. He fears not manifesting his potential. And so while he's on a run, his mind will build a resilience. So he develops a self-talk. When you're running, you'll, you'll notice, or when you're in a cold bath, when you are in a very uncomfortable situation, the mind will begin to, well, first of all, immediately say, get, let's get out of here. I can't survive this. But when Goggins practiced pushing through that limiting dialogue by placing himself in a situation where he knows that voice will come. So when he goes into cold water, he knows there's that voice that's going to say, don't go in there, it's too cold, do something else. And so he, he now... So because he approaches this, he's training a new voice, a new, a, new, a new dialogue is presenting itself. And then there's that voice because when he hits a wall, like when he's running and he, a wall hits him and it, the, the mind is like, okay, we got to quit. On the other, and then he pushes through that wall. The mind then goes, okay, he's not stopping. So I better accept the situation and accept the suffering. And then new circuits are building on top of the older ones, which are the fearful ones, and new potential has manifested. Because now that he's on longer runs, he understands like in his mind that he can, he can handle it. It's like overcoming a panic attack. If you face the panic attack enough and you watch yourself survive it, the mind will later go, well, Brad survived this 50 times before. I can survive the next one. You become more confident on your abilities the more you confront that wall. That is so massive. That is so massive. It's the personal development that brings meaning. It's the personal development. Now, Seeing oneself breaking beyond limitations is, is, is everything. And remember, the more Sisyphus pushes the rock up the hill, the harder it becomes for his mind and body. Remember that. The more he does it, the harder it gets. But he continues. He continues because that is, he accepts his fate. And he pushes through barriers and walls every time and also the myth is inspiring because he can't quit he can't quit this pursuit there is no getting around fate the grind of it inspires us we admire people who take on difficulty and transcend this difficulty we must be a slave first before becoming a master Frederick Wel Wel Welker suggested 
that Sisyphus symbolizes the vain struggle of a man in the pursuit of knowledge. Now, why up a mountain? Why up? Well, well, people climb mountains to test themselves and accomplish something difficult. Up is where you look for answers to life's difficulties and hard questions. Down is where you look when you're feeling hopeless and you're in a corner. I mean, a lot of depressed people wind up in corners. They feel like there's no way out of their situation. That's down, right? You're looking down, you're hunched over. The struggle uphill is the pursuit of the higher good to better understand thyself. And lastly, there's a quote from Homer pertaining to Sisyphus. The struggle itself is enough to fill a man's heart. One must imagine Sisyphus to be happy. And that's where I'm going to leave you today on this podcast episode. Thank you, everyone, for being here. I hope you're having a lovely holiday season. I hope you're enjoying the show. Please take a moment to just go over to Spotify, if you're not already on Spotify, and just leave a rating and review of the podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. It will help spread the message to more people who are suffering. And we, we certainly are in an age of anxiety. And more and more people are battling anxiety and hopelessness. And so please help the podcast in that manner. That's all I ask. And lastly, rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.